that's that's when you started with? No, no, no. no sorry, sorry. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Are we really going? Right We're now? going here. <laughs> we are now on the record. Dan, for I don't like your wife. Don't know how to pronounce. Do I need to stand? Is there a Bible that I know? Yeah, it's like please state your Those full name for the record. Sorry, I'm used. To, I'm probably. I still have my sea legs, so I, I can still. <laughs> I save it. I still feel myself moving from like side to side, and I'm probably still dehydrated from all the alcohol I drank. But um, it was like the Twilight Zone, but I'm not. Welcome to another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. And we are here today with one of our friends, Craig Danforth. Hi, Craig. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so we've known Craig for... A few years. How many years? Lo- yeah. Three years? Four years? No, more than that. I yeah, think. more five, than that. Six? But ten? Five. No, less than ten. <laughs> I'd say five, six. Less than ten, because I haven't been around here for ten, but yeah. yeah. I always be bopping around the shows. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no! <laughs> Excuse me, excuse me, you can't touch that. <laughs> Don't touch the equipment. <laughs> never had that happen. Uh, That's staying in. That is staying uh, in. Jonathan's microphone just fell off into his lap. Yeah, that's the one that Frank rigged. Yeah, that's the one that... Okay. Sorry. After we had just lectured Craig on what to touch and what not to touch. Well, Don't break actually, it, Don't basically, break it. don't touch anything. There we go. Okay. <laughs> we're back. And we're back. No, that's never happened. And we're back. First. Oh, you're such an interesting person as far as, I mean, you seem to know everybody and know lots of things about the industry. So we thought we would kind of bring you in and get to know you a little bit better and see what you were up to now. So let's just go for it. The first question that we ask everybody is what is your first memory of uh, jewelry or a gemstone? Like back to little Craig. Back to little Craig. Um, I would have to say it was probably my grandmother mm-hmm. um, who always seemed to, my mom's mom, who always seemed to wear jewelry. I will tell you I'm not really sure what, how much was real, how much was costume, what mix, and I think there was a mix involved in that, but I certainly wasn't able to tell at that young age. But, you know... We would always have her over for the holidays, and she would come all gussied up and have um, her her jewels on, mm-hmm. as I'll call them. So that has to be the first. That has to be the first experience with that. Yeah, sure. And so, I mean, I guess take us through your life. Where did you grow up? I mean, I want to. I want to hear all of it. <laughs> wow. Okay. No. We're we're going back in time. Well, yeah. yeah. We want to. We want to visit these times. So I grew up actually in in the the Catskill Mountain area of New York State. So it's about two hours north of of New York City. If you've ever seen Dirty Dancing or yeah, yeah, that's the whole area. I actually worked at a resort in the Catskills really? over the summers. It I is did my every- dream to go to that one and then sit in the corner and then have somebody say ba- nobody puts nobody puts baby. baby in a corner. Yeah, that's <laughs> my life goal. It has not yet been achieved, but we'll get there one day. Future Christmas. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Bucket list trip yeah. to the Catskills. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I worked there, uh, um, summer holidays, summer vacations over the holidays, everything from busboy to working on the athletic staff. So, um, I grew up there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I started out. Yeah. And then how did you get involved in the jewelry industry? It's, that's a really interesting pathway. I mean, this is my second career. My first career out of, out of university was I was in the banking field. Okay. And I was an international private banker for a number of years. 
until I decided to make a career change. And that's when I found a business school program in France that focused on luxury goods, brand management and marketing. Okay. And I applied and I went to work. I went to Paris and I lived in Paris and I went and got my MBA there, mm -hmm. a school called ESSEC mm -hmm. and um, came back to the States and actually went into the luxury field and getting to jewelry took like another job uh, to get there. My first job in the industry, which many people may not know, many of your listeners may not know, is um, I sold silver jewelry at Tiffany at 57th Street and 5th Avenue. Yes. Yeah. Really? During the Christmas holiday season. It was a temporary job. Uh-huh. So I was in between jobs at that point in time, and I wanted to keep busy. And um, they were hiring, so I, I worked on what they called the silver run at that time. So okay. selling necklaces and rings, um, bracelets, you know, Paloma Picasso, yes. Elsa Peretti, etc. It was amazing to me because you had people lined up outside on Fifth Avenue behind stanchions waiting mm -hmm. to get in. And then they would come in and the, the silver run, which was at that time, if you came in the store, was all the way on the right-hand side. I'm sure they, re they redesigned it, the floor now, but... Um, and you'd have people three and four deep just waiting to be clerked. It wasn't even selling. It was clerking at that point. And you would find that they came from all over the U.S., places where they had a Tiffany store like Chicago or Los Angeles. But they wanted to buy something at that location that was magical for multiple generations, whether yeah. it was mom or grandma that's uh, breakfast at Tiffany's or Sweet Home Alabama, yeah. you know, for the younger set. They would just wait. You know, and you would just be churning through customers, trying to service them as quickly as possible, knowing that there was a line of people outside still. Uh, yeah. So that was my first job in the industry. And it lasted, you know, through the holiday season. So what was that? Uh, November to February, something like that. Huh. Wow, though. Long days. You oh, were my. Oh, wow. So busy. Oh, yeah. Uh, busy from 10 o'clock until it closed. And many nights they were open. Uh, much like much to seven o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. For, John yeah. and I were season. just there in November yeah. and saw the line outside yeah. Tiffany's. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. A line to get in. Still happens. Yep. Still happens. <laughs> no yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. So okay. that was my first job in the industry. In the industry. Yeah. Okay. And then? And then? And then? And then? And then? <laughs> and then I think for what many of your listeners, if, if they've known me for a while, uh, I worked at Cartier for a number of years mm -hmm. and I worked in the training department. Ultimately, I became the head of the training department in North America. Started out being the, the watch knowledge guru, actually, traveling around the U.S. to a lot of the independent retailers and larger stores, mm -hmm. uh, smaller chains, etc. Training their sales staff on Cartier watches, the history, the lore, the inspiration, uh, and work my way up until I wound up taking over the entire training department uh, in North America, wholesale and retail. Mm -hmm. Writing the um, training documentation and, and programs for everything from fragrance and jewelry to writing instruments, eyewear, uh, watches. I mean, always in concert with headquarters in Paris. But yeah. Of course, yeah. Wow. What hmm. was your favorite part about that job? You know, learning so much about the rich history of the brand was fascinating. Yeah. I mean, things you didn't know and where they got inspiration from and how so much or I should say how so many of the products were inspired not by people within the brand at the time, but by their customers themselves. I mean, the famous one of Maria Felix walking into the Cartier boutique in Paris on Rue de la Paix with a little baby alligator. Um, this is, this is the lead, this is the legend, <laughs> uh -huh. a little baby alligator. And from that, they created the double alligator necklace that oh. was uh, yellow diamonds and emeralds that she wore. But she's <laughs> the one that said, you know, make me a piece of jewelry like this. 
Wow. Yeah, fascinating. Huh, maybe that's how I should just come into work and say make me with a with a menagerie yeah. of animals <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Gemma maybe I should just walk Gemma to the bathroom <laughs> she's, she's right here where is she yeah. she's, not, she's under the table I'm <laughs> not sure what piece yeah. of jewelry that right, right. make me a piece like Gemma oh Gemma's got such sweet eyes <laughs> she's gonna be now when I met you first you were with GIA yes so after uh, Cartier, I actually went over to David German mm-hmm. for a period of time. I helped them establish a training department. Um, two, you know, fabulous people, David and Sybil, also their son, Evan, all, yeah. all, you know, talk about robust, natural, artistic ability. It's just fascinating how they came up with ideas themselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I went, I moved out to California, had an opportunity. GIA was looking for someone and I moved out to Carlsbad. Beautiful. Beautiful Carlsbad, California, overlooking the Pacific Ocean and uh, and the flower fields, if you've ever been there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was with them for 10 years, a, a full decade, a little more, decade decade in a few months. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Long time. And long for time. GIA, you? Started out working um, in a, a role that, that morphed over time, but it was really to help start up and promote a lot of the educational opportunities they had for students. More on the corporate side. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, being at Cartier, being at Yerman, we used to send employees to GIA for lab classes or do distance education. Mm-hmm. Uh, what then happened was, is clearly I was the right person to take that knowledge as a former customer and turn around and sell to other brands and other companies. So that was what I did first. And from there, it actually morphed beyond education to laboratory services, equipment, mm-hmm. you know, microscopes, things of that nature. Um, yeah, so I did that and it, it, it really started changing into a f- more fully developed business development role that became a holistic way of being a point person for, um, the organization, uh, for the institute for people to come to. And, and so when you joke that I know everyone, I yeah. say, no, not yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and now it was a great 10 years. It was, yeah. Honest, it was a great 10 years. Great opportunity to learn so much about our industry. Uh, I used to think I knew a lot at Cartier and Yerman, but realistically, you're at the top of the pyramid yeah. there. Yeah. You don't realize the full value chain that goes through like you guys do. And, you know, when I hear about yeah. the podcast, when you go to Africa, that's something you often don't get. So a lot of those doors were open to me via GIA and just speaking to miners, speaking to manufacturers, speaking to cutters. Uh, um, it just was fascinating to me. Yeah. Wonderful. And then last and year? Last year? This year. This, this, this well, year. Right. This year. This what year are we in? We're 19. <laughs> We're 2019. 2019, right. Yes. So it is going by so fast. So uh, January 2019, I transitioned over to Jewelers Mutual. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I moved from California to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, but they're based in like the hinterland. Up they, there are based, the, they are based in, <laughs> the in snowy Wisconsin. Tundra. Yeah, they are based in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Lovely, lovely Nina, Wisconsin. And it is lovely. It is cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's a great company to work for. I'm very, very happy with them. I'm happy the opportunity they gave me, uh, to be able to work remotely from Charlotte. As, as you guys know, I moved for personal reasons. So, yeah. right. And, um, they gave me an opportunity to work remotely, uh, travel up and back to headquarters, travel also around the U.S. Um, and uh, it's, it's been wonderful. I will tell you, when I started it at Jewelers Mutual, it was the polar vortex. So it was li- oh, gosh, <laughs> literally <yeah>. negative <laughs> 50 degrees oh, with the wind no. chill when I left the hotel. And I was like, holy Moses. I know. Now, I know, now I know what cold is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and how often do I have to come here? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
I think they were worried I might quit that same yeah. week. <laughs> well, it's so funny because everybody thinks that Idaho is just this frigid place, but actually, it's really it's not quite that mild. cold. We get, you know, it's thirty degrees outside, but it's it's a very reasonable thirty degrees. It's dry. Yeah. It's dry. So we were just on a cruise, and everyone—it's a dry was, cold. Yeah, is that what it's you're dry cold. <laughs> there, it's not humid here at all. So we don't get that like. Cold biting gets you the biting cold to like the bones, you get in New yeah. York City or even sometimes it's in not the like South. the Pacific Northwest cold. No, no it's not no. moist like, like that. Don't have that yeah. moisture that feels like it's just that goes to your steam. bones. Yeah. yeah. If you're gonna be cold, be cold in Idaho. Yeah. There you right? go. I like it. <laughs> when it's we were, when I'm not we were... sure that's gonna be the new state motto. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think we'll keep the gem state. Did you know that? Idaho, we, we, Idaho I did know that. You know, there are over 72 different species of gemstones mined in this state. I had no idea are you serious i am serious how did you did you google that Is before that you came I, I actually did google it. <laughs> <laughs> well well going into that um and your uh, relationship with jewelers mutual now what do you do for <clears throat> jewelers mutual so i'm in a role that was again i feel very blessed newly developed to try to tap into all the different experiences that i, that I have had and the skill sets that i possess so I'm the vice president of client solutions, which is a very broad title. Wow, yeah. And what's not anything. I could (laughs) you can do anything. And that's just it. I think that that opens the door to be able to say, here's what Jewelers Mutuals has, here's what we want to offer. How can I help you? How can we work together in a symbiotic relationship? So it absolutely does open the door. I think when, you know, often if you hand someone your business card, they see it, they assume they know what the title means, they just move right past it. This, you can see people pause for a second and they want to ask, well, what does that mean? What do you do? Yeah. And that then gives me an opportunity to come right back and say, how can I help you? Yeah. You know, where might there be an opportunity for us to work together? Yeah. I think we probably have some listeners that don't even know what Jewelers Mutual is. I think because we have a lot of, um, and consumers that might, that aren't related to the industry that don't know what Jewelers Mutual is. So do you want to give us the history of Jewelers Mutual? Sure. I'll give you a little little snapshot of it. So it's a company that's actually 113 years old. Yeah. It's It's a long time. Been around longer than many other companies. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was started actually by jewelers in Wisconsin because they had a problem finding insurance coverage for themselves. So they decided to band together and self-insure. And in actuality, the company was first called Jewelers Mutual Fire Insurance uh, Company because Mm -hmm. of all the flammable products jewelers were working with 113 years ago. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm thinking theft, not... Well, I mean, there was I mean, that yeah. there was that too, but I think the fire, the, the 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 possibility of fire was a bigger fear back then when a lot of buildings were also more wooden structures. Wood, wood yeah. structures. Yeah. 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 Sure. So this was a, a real stumbling block for getting insurance. So they decided to band together and create an organization, a mutual company. So everyone put the money in together um, and we were really, you know, partnered up with one another in that Wisconsin jeweler community. Mm-hmm. So, And uh, now they offered... Uh, jewelry insurance, or what What would you call that? Insurance oh, well, to jewelers all across the country? Yes, we're in the U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, we offer, um, I'd say, two different tranches. You offer personal lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can insure their personal jewelry, whether they are 
own a company, don't own a company. They just have a ring or a yeah, watch. Yeah, general consumer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's commercial lines. So obviously we do a lot of business with people um, who own jewelry companies or manufacturers who are um, people who mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work with all of them and we offer a bunch of different opportunities for them as well, whether it's, you know, business policies, whether it's block insurance. So block insurance will cover a lot of the, the, the stock that they have mm-hmm. as an example. A business policy will cover, a uh, business owner policy will cover the buildings, um, many of the aspects of the, of the staff um, as well. Yeah, we, so obviously we're a manufacturer. You we are. We have insurance. And I didn't realize the scope of what our insurance policy entailed until today. I mean, I knew that we were covered when we went to trade shows, armored car services, shipping, all that kind of stuff. And I think it's things that... Most people don't think about because we were um, just recently on a cruise ship doing a trunk show. And the one question we got asked is, oh, my gosh, is it safe for you to be here? And it's like, well, of course, you know, there's insurance to cover this. And I don't think people realize that, yes, you ha- we're all insured or responsible. You, you all should be insured. <laughs> yeah. we, we should be and we are, yeah. which which I think a lot of people don't realize there's the opportunity to be insured. I think that's a great point. Is, yeah. is, is that is that that. Insurance, there's lots of different kinds of insurance out there. And so I think the problem is, is that, you know, they think of insurance and they, you know, they either jump to health insurance or they jump to car insurance. They jump to what they know best. And, and in their head, they think, well, there, there's no opportunity there for jewelry. And so I think you have to go a little bit broader and start thinking about all the different things, you know, that, that we have to cover that's different in our industry than anywhere else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a very, very, unique industry by and far i mean the i learned that today yeah i mean like really See, that's a client solution <laughs> but uh it uh it really i guess opened my mind to and and it and this is part of the reason why frank had us sit in on the meeting was it made me think oh my goodness yeah what if the building burned down and and we had a total loss and what that would mean for us and and all that other kind maybe he's trying to scare me it's right before christmas he wants me to feel really grateful i don't know <laughs> well I, I think there's an opportunity for everyone jonathan you're right to to be insured and i think people out there the listeners might be surprised at how inexpensive it is to insure your jewelry, uh, especially if you're an individual and have, whether it's a family heirloom piece mm-hmm. or something you just got this week or are going to get for this holiday season. Yeah. It is not that expensive to do personal lines of insurance. Um, it's and- a question we get quite frequently, especially when we're at trunk shows <clears throat> or in jewelry stores. Um, how do I insure this? Do I put it on my homeowner's policy? Do I get a separate policy? And so I don't know if you can kind of tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. I mean, I'm not an insurance expert, but I think that's a key question that people often want to know about and they feel they are covered because they have a rider on their homeowner's policy, which is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. But I think when you really want to look at it is Jewelers Mutual will insure everything, rings, watches, bracelets, um, for loss, for theft, for damage, mm-hmm. for a mysterious disappearance, which is sometimes different than a loss where you know it's been lost, where it's, you just can't find it. Uh, flood, earthquake, um, even when you're traveling overseas. You know, that's something for a lot of people that's important. Because well, I, yeah, I know like, a lot of people that won't take their jewelry. Yeah, they won't take their jewelry when they travel right. and they'd like to. Because a lot of times the, you know, in this day and age, we've gotten a little more casual and there's less things to dress up for. And when do you dress up the most is when you 
travel and on a special and, occasion, right? Right. Yeah. And when is your highest risk of not not so much of theft, but more of losing it is when you travel, when you're out of your normal routine. Uh, you know, and uh, just a quick anecdote uh, was last holiday season. I took a necklace out of the safe deposit box and I gave it to Megan to wear at, mm-hmm. at one of the events. And then we put it in the safe at the hotel and we checked the safe. Well, we didn't check it well enough because the box was in there and it was in the back and it was a dark box and a dark safe. And we left the hotel and it was in there. We're literally in the, you know, the car yeah. ride to the airport and we're like, uh oh, we call back the hotel. Thankfully, they hadn't turned the room over yet. The maid went in there. The box was there. The jewelry was there. Everything was fine. I was covered, but you just also don't want to lose the piece, you know? Yeah. You no, know, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. having insurance gives you a little bit extra comfort and, yeah, and one of the peace of cha- mind. Yeah. yeah. And, and with, especially with travel, you're right. If you have a rider just for your homeowners, it may or may not be covered once you leave the U.S. Or mm. once, you know, I don't know. It depends on how it's written. Sure. Um, so that's an important factor. Um, so like for, for Jewelers Mutual, what we do is different than a lot of other companies is we do repair or replace. So some companies will say, we'll just cut you a check. Mm-hmm. We're like, no, what we're going to do is we're going to replace the piece that you had when you had it. Yeah. So that's wonderful. And what's also nice is that we work with your local, we allow you to work with any jeweler you want. And most people want to work with the jeweler they bought the piece from. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So what that offers is yeah. that that jeweler, you've built a rapport with them. You have a relationship with them. Again, sometimes multi-generational so they know what you've purchased in the past they know what you like they know what you enjoy and and how serious you are about your jewelry so there's that bond that's there Mm -hmm. Um, and so being able to work with your own jeweler in a a replace mode means you're going to get back the exact piece you had before yeah not well we're not going to give you that piece back because it's now worth more or less you're going to get the exact piece back. Yeah. Mm. When I worked retail, when I worked for Molinelli's Jewelers, uh, what we would do is oftentimes with our engagement ring purchases, we'd give them a little kit, a little baggie that had lots of information, some about, you know, flowers and all this other kind of thing. But also it had the Jewelers Mutual pamphlet for a separate jewelry policy. And it kind of went through with them because it's it's typically their first big purchase of jewelry, right? The engagement yes. ring. Yep. And uh, it went through why it was important and why it was sometimes better to set up a separate policy than your homeowner's insurance. Well, and, and many also, of them don't have homes. Many of them don't have homes yet. Yeah. Like they're, or renting. Or they're renters. Or, or yeah. they're renters. And renter's insurance is different than homeowner's insurance. Yeah, right. and so sometimes it's nice to have a policy that carries with you. Wherever you go. Wherever you go. And, and if you're moving a lot or especially, you know, I know when I get older, I want to travel, maybe live multiple places within the year. I have big plans for myself for retirement. Did you get this memo, John? (laughs) I I know. Um, Why do you think I work? (laughs) (laughs) But but just the peace of mind that that some of your most precious things, which a lot of times when we when we talk to people or at at jewelry stores when we talk to consumers, some of their most prized pieces are. Their jewelry, it's their heirlooms, it's, of course. it's pieces that their mother had, and to have the peace of mind that it's going to be protected and and it, everything will be taken care of if there is a loss, um, oh yeah, is worth it yeah. without question. And the other thing that Jewelers Mutual has is is we have a care plan. Mm-hmm. So if you think of that as a warranty, which is different than if you've lost something, if 
you go to your jeweler and they provide you with a jeweler's mutual care plan, you're protecting the piece. So if you have a ring and the prong is loose, you're not going to then lose the stone. So, you know, you have it's almost like a double layer um, there to make sure that that the piece you have, the piece you love, whether it's something you bought, a gift to you, or an heirloom passed down, yeah. is going to stay with you. Yeah. And, and refurbishment is very important, as, as you guys know. Um, oh, my goodness. So You'd be surprised so how people don't realize, oh, my goodness, I somehow chipped my diamond. And, huh. um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe you do know. <laughs> well, just we were we were on a cruise, and, and she's like, oh, I, I bent a prong. She's like, can you, can you look at it for me? And obviously, we're on a ship, so there was no shop or anything like that that we could do anything. But not only had she just bent a prong, but she had broken two prongs off completely shared them. completely gone. shared the prongs luckily it was a six prong ring otherwise the, otherwise diamond, would the diamond would be gone. gone and i looked at her and and she kind of put the ring back on she's like but it's okay and we checked it it was still tied in there but i said um as soon as you get home can you please 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 go to a jeweler i would have put, put it in a ziploc bag yeah. right away i told her i said this is risky i said it's really risky to be wearing this right now so yeah the safety net is gone twice twice yeah Wow. <laughs> if one more fails, we're, we're you're, you're losing the diamond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we should probably mention at this point, if someone wants to find out more about Jewelers Mutual and they want to get a policy, where can a general consumer go? They can go to the Jewelers Mutual website. No question about it. Yeah. Okay. We yeah, that's people what I, I do. Yeah. I say go to the Jewelers Mutual website. There's, informa- <laughs> there's information on the site. I mean, if they have a piece of jewelry they'd like to get insured, you know, we have people on the phones that can take that that call. If okay. they are at their jeweler and purchasing something, we have a program called Jewelers Cut. And what that is is it allows the jeweler to present an iPad to after the sale to the the, the customer to say, if you're interested in insuring this before you even leave the store – Fill out this quick little um, questionnaire, and you can be insured before you leave and walk out into the you know the big bad world out there. So there are a lot of ways you know whether you already own a piece or are currently buying a piece um, uh, that we can protect you and help you and give you that comfort and peace of mind. So the first time, I mean, obviously, I worked in a retail jewelry store that that talked about Jewelers Mutual and offered it to their customers. But the first time, I remember seeing it on a larger stage. Was at my first conclave. Was at my first AGS conclave, mm-hmm. and you had uh, the beautiful uh, video presentation that they do, and and it was really interesting to me the, I guess the support and the involvement that Jewelers Mutual has within the oh, yeah. industry. Can you tell us a little other, uh, a little bit more about what oh. what Jewelers Mutual is involved in within the industry? Would be happy to. We have. And this comes right from our CEO, Scott Murphy. And I I know you guys have met him in the past. He is very, very big on giving back to the industry as a whole. And he has coined a phrase that we use quite frequently, and you've probably heard it, is raising the tide of the entire industry. Mm -hmm. So for Jewelers Mutual, it's not just, you know, what are we doing as far as raising our own revenue? But how do we take that and turn it back into the industry? And you are correct. So AGS is one of the biggest... Um, uh, organizations that we support in the industry. JA, you know, Jewelers mm-hmm. of America, uh, Canadian Jewelers Association, uh, Jewelers Vigilance Committee, uh, Jewelers Security Alliance. All of these are uh, high on our priority list as we look over the entire landscape of the industry and who we serve and who are our customers and our clients and say, well, these are also organizations that they are involved in and are near and dear to their heart. 
So how can we as an organization give back to them? Not just with money. I mean, many of these groups that I just mentioned in these organizations, um, several of our executives sit on those boards. Mm -hmm. So they donate not just their time, not just corporate funds, mm -hmm. but also their wisdom, their experience, their advice. I mean, I myself sit on a couple of boards, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm very grateful that JM sees the wisdom in having someone like me also give back to the industry um, to be able to say, hey, Craig's going to dedicate his time. He's going to dedicate um, ideas that he has. I mean, I sit on the board of uh, WJA, for mm -hmm. example. So that's something unique. And I think that's important for our industry going forward. So, yeah, we're all about giving back. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, you wouldn't think of, it's so much more than just an insurance company, right? Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, and I'm talking about that industry. Mm -hmm. One of the other things we've done is this year in 2019, we are donating uh, $500,000 to three specific organizations that were voted on by our policyholders. So oh, it wasn't wow. dictated by anyone at the corporate level. And that's, um, what is it? That's uh, Feeding America. That's Kids in Need Foundation, which many of the people at uh, JM in Wisconsin put together backpacks for kids at school that needed back-to-school supplies that didn't have them and didn't have the way of getting it, and also the Special Olympics. Oh, how wonderful. Wow. That's a big commitment, $500,000. Yeah. How it's wonderful. A big commitment. Yeah, and you think about it, that's what the policyholders thought. This is where yeah, this the is money important. Yeah. yeah, This is where I'd like to so see So it's the voice of the customer we like yeah. to listen to all the time as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I've heard a rumor, a rumor that there is a gem collection at Jewelers Mutual, a gem gallery. Oh, yes. The Harder Gallery. Yeah. yeah. It's not a rumor. It's, it's, not, it's an well, actual... Well, I haven't seen it, so until Well, you I need to come it. to Wisconsin. Yeah, I was going to say, you haven't spent a lot of time in Nino, well, Wisconsin. time of year. How about the summer? <laughs> summer is beautiful yeah, in Wisconsin. Summer is Absolutely beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> so what is in this gem gallery? Everything. I mean, we have a great assortment. So Ron Harder was a former CEO and mm -hmm. he over the, his lifetime had a passion for collecting gems and jewelry and minerals and dedicated them and donated them back to uh, Jewelers Mutual. So as you come into our foyer, um, we have a separate whole little section dedicated to this museum on display. Some of the uh, particular minerals are actually in Matrix. Um, yeah. just has coming out of the ground. So that's fabulous. Uh, many of them are, as a mm -hmm. matter of fact. Uh, we have some cut pieces as well, some cut gemstones. It, it's, a, it's, um, and then they have them sprinkled throughout the building. So even oh. in areas that you as a visitor may or may not get to see, mm -hmm. we have them all around. So as an employee, you go past and you see the inspiration. It reminds you what you're here for and why you're doing it. Because while we are an insurance company, we are specifically designed to cover jewelry. Yeah. It's so interesting to me because we're all, anyone in this industry, no matter what facet you're a part no of. No pun intended. No uh. fun. No, <laughs> but we all have a need to collect, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all need that little gem collection. I'm building mine up, but I, I, I will come and see it. I, I want to come and see it one day. Do you have a piece of Idaho opal? I do not. You don't? Not yet. Not yet. What does the gem gallery? Do you know? Um, that is a great question. You know, because I know where you could get some. You know, you, do you know a person? I know someone that might donate some Idaho. Do you know a guy? Do you have? Do you know a guy? We know, I know a, guy. a guy. We know, you know a guy. We know a guy. We know a guy. Mr. Frank. He would love to, and then we could set him up there, and he could point it out to everybody, like he does at the Smithsonian. We, we, <laughs> 
We love having presentations. You know, yeah. we do a community event every year when we invite everyone around the Nina, Wisconsin area to come in, mm-hmm. open doors to, 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 um, Jewelers Mutual. They get to see the Ron Harder Gallery and then we give a presentation. This year they did it with John Phillips from Corona, um, uh, Diamonds in Canada mm-hmm. and he spoke about the difference between natural and synthetic diamonds. But, um, I do not know if we have a piece of Idaho opal. Uh-huh. I know we have a good collection and we try to rotate it. Mm-hmm. So um, I will have to go back and speak to a, the, a woman that's in see. charge of, of uh, curating that and I will ask. Yeah, go back and see. Well, Frank donated a piece of Idaho opal to the Smithsonian, I don't know how many years ago. And every time we go back to the Smithsonian, he likes, well, he doesn't like to, but he stands in front of it and Sue will always say, oh, he mined that stone's and and all the little kids will just like geek out on him. And, and so he well, stands nice, there though. for like an hour and he's like, yep, I'm the miner. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but think about how many kids are there and have never met a miner. No. May or may not know where Idaho is, may or may not know what Opal is. Yeah. And now yeah. they're seeing the guy that literally pulled it out of the earth. And yeah. that really brings yeah. it all full circle for them. Yeah. No, when I and saw it, it I, think I was it, like, oh, it, that's my last name. Yeah. <laughs> But for him, I think it also brings a lot of joy as well. Of course. Yeah. Of how about course. how about you personally? As far as jewelry and gems is concerned, what's your what's your favorite? What's your favorite part of the industry? Do you have a collection? What's what's um, what's your favorite gemstone? What's my favorite gemstone? Well, you know, I'm I'm an August baby, so peridot is oh, very you interesting. Like peridot. To me. I like peridot. Okay. It's, you know, it's it's <laughs> Most unique. People don't. Well, you know, it's very unique, and when you think about um, the only two elements that will come or found embedded in meteorites, mm-hmm. you know, and peridot is one of them and yeah. diamond is the other. Yeah. So therefore it's something super special. Yeah. It is. And if it was important to the pharaohs of Egypt, it's super special. It is. Yeah. Now, when we did our peridot podcast, I really Good said, Good pe- yeah, people are given it a bad rap. Like you got to appreciate peridot for what it is. And it, yeah. is, su- it is super cool. Um, what do you call it? Well, the physics of it are so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you can look in and see all the double facets and the lily pad inclusions. I love those. I will have to say is, you know, starting in this industry, I was less knowledgeable. Certainly, I've got a ton of of formalized education via GIA. But certainly, people come to our industry, and I think many of them are only aware of diamonds. Mm -hmm. And then the whole world of colored gemstones literally blossoms. Mm -hmm. I'm using Mm -hmm. pun intended. Blossoms color-wise in front of them. And even some of the podcasts you guys do and the trips you've made to Africa, you know, is really, you're, you're right. I think you said in one of the podcasts is like, it's just exploding the whole world of mm-hmm. colored gemstones and what's coming out yeah. of East Africa is, is amazing what they're finding. And when you think of Tanzanite, uh, mm-hmm. and, and everything, all those other stones, not to take anything away from, you know, the corundums of mm-hmm. the world, but, uh, so much is going on with spinel. So much is going on with uh, all the different colored mm-hmm. gemstones that are available to us to these days. Now you have spinel too in August. They just that is, added that, that is a new one. That yeah. is a new one. Yeah. Mm. So see now, mm-hmm. now for me, I'm more of a traditionalist. I would have liked it just to stay peridot. Me too. I'm a purist. Get get rid of tanzanite in December. Get rid of spinel in August. But I understand we got to sell the gemstones too, right? Well, I think it. You know, it, it certainly opens up the door for more consumers out there it that does, want to yeah. love and want to have a birthstone. Oh and it 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 gives them an opportunity to gravitate towards something that may be more in line with what, what their they, color what view like. likes. Yeah, yeah. We always when we when we do presentations, we talk about birthstones. I don't think we've ever done a podcast about birthstones, but maybe we should. It's on the list, but. It's- 
Jonathan's to do. But yeah, it's on my list. <laughs> but how they were selected, and we we often go just by what you like, just by what you love. Well, if it's a color you love, yeah, that's or great if advice. It's a gemstone you love, just by what you yeah. like. Now I'm extremely spoiled because I have opal and tourmaline as my tourmaline is great. Yeah, so I, I like it. I like a good green tourmaline as well. Oh, a nice yes. deep rich green tourmaline. That's yes. really nice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I mean, I I have to say. October is the luckiest month. I mean, as far as birthstones go, it is. Right? Sure. Everyone, you got ruby, you got, oh yeah, you got diamond. My sister's a diamond baby and she's like, ooh, I'm diamond. And I'm like, oh good, you get one gemstone. Like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, this is taking a turn. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, where where are you taking this? (laughs) There might be some unsettled family issues. She's the eldest. <laughs> well, you know, she was always the diamond baby. And I, before, like, oh, my birthstone's diamond. And there was always a little, like, because you think diamond yeah. is diamond. Well, I know for, you know, many people that are listening here, they know that the rarity of a diamond pales in comparison to mm-hmm. some of the uniqueness in the colored gemstone world and, and how few and far between both what is available and the localities where you can find some of those unique gemstones, mm-hmm. colored gemstones out there today. Yeah. All right, so Katie and I are on good terms now. I'm glad Diamond we settled. Baby. I'm glad we settled that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm glad, glad you got that off your chest. I didn't know. But we want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come to Idaho. Well, I happen to be in the neighborhood, yeah. so. It was, um... <laughs> and uh, and visit with us and with our listeners and being here. I had yeah. never been here before, and I, I'm glad I came. I know what, you, Jonathan's been telling me to come out for a long time. Yeah. What did you think? I, I mean, loved it. After you got past the inversion in um, Utah and you crossed the border into Idaho and you saw the beautiful clear skies of Idaho and the mountains covered in snow, did it put you in the Christmas spirit? Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> there wasn't snow in Utah. Was there, there when we drove back this morning? I mean, there was a little mm-hmm. bit. A little bit. There's a yeah. dusting. A dusting. But, yeah. But, dusting. but this, this is my first trip to Idaho. Really? Yeah. Well, welcome to the gem state. Thank you, thank you. Now mm. you're really in the gem industry. You've been to the gem state. <laughs> All right, let's end this before it gets too silly. <laughs> I think it's too late. <laughs> but but uh, good fun. Yeah, yeah, very much. And we thank you. And we'll, when will we see you next? Tucson? Uh, Centurion? Centurion, definitely. Tucson, I would assume so. Yeah. Um, at, 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 a, at a trade show near you. At a trade show near you. <laughs> there you go. Greg. All right. We want to thank you again for listening to Gem Junkies. I'm Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. And I'm Craig. <laughs> Oh, wow. He Perfect. was like, not Quick. shy to say Get on it. Uh, yeah. If you want to see what we do in our real life, you can always visit us on Facebook or Instagram at Parlay Gems. And if you want to learn more about Jewelers Mutual Insurance, you can visit them at... Jewelersmutual.com. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Bye, everyone. Bye.